0: Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we got the honor to sit down with Claudia Page. She has a family ranch up near Mount Shasta that she's got a bunch of crazy experiences that she's had up there. Uh, We talk about some interesting things happening with some specific jewelry uh so her missing time ufos paranormal accounts uh it's it's fascinating episode guys she's an absolute sweetheart so uh check all the show notes for ways to find her check the show notes for ways to find us if you want to expand your experience here with us on the show uh so without any further ado let's get to this wonderful episode with claudia page All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcoming to the show. It is Claudia Page. We are extremely excited to have you on. Uh, You are a mutual friend of mine through Pam Nance, and I'm very excited to get into you, who you are, and your story and experiences as well. So if you don't mind, just uh, let my audience know just a little bit about you before we get rolling here.
1: Well, um, professionally, I'm a speech-language pathologist, um, but I'm also an experiencer of a lot of interesting things. And I'm, I'm happy that I've had an opportunity to see things and, and experience things that maybe not all of us have. Um, I'm very close to nature. I love kids, I love helping kids in my profession. And I like to paint.
0: <laughs> very cool, well, I got to see some of your paintings. Do you paint any of your experiences?
1: I have not tried to do that, but that's a really good idea. Someone else has suggested I try to capture it in a painting of some kind. And that's a good, that'd be a good challenge for me.
0: Yeah, it would. Cause you could blend your actual experience with, you know, some sort of really cool interpretation based on what your, your painting style is, you know, and that could even evolve. Right. That's so cool. Yeah, That's, uh,
1: that's a very good idea. I dig it.
0: Okay. Well, when you get cranking on that, let me know and I'll commission you for something. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right, deal. All right. I'll take you up on it.
0: A deal. Uh, well, you are, um, fascinating you your story is incredible with with all of the stuff that you've had with your missing time we're going to get into your ufo and your paranormal encounters which might possibly be the same thing and we're going to talk about that but uh, i want to start with your ring incident if you don't mind i know you've had several of these but you were telling me about that uh, you've had an incident with the rings that you wear on your finger do you mind telling my audience that
1: yeah um gosh i'm i'm sorry i don't have a photograph of them before i got them repaired they're they're all uh let's see, we're going back in time here. It was about 15 years ago. After I lost time, I would wake up at night sometimes or wake up in the morning and find that my ring was mangled. It's really just crushed down on my finger Uh, or sometimes just just bent, not not necessarily crushed, but just, just bent in some strange way. And One time the ring was was crunched down on my finger to the point where I had to go to a jeweler and have it taken off with jeweler's pliers because it was just so squished. But I do have photographs of of rings. There there are about five rings where this happened uh, over a period of time. And I did take them finally into the jeweler to have them repaired. And he took a photograph of them as I asked him to before he fixed them. Interestingly enough, I told Brandon, uh, I told you earlier about the story where I took it into this jewelry store and there was an older woman in there and and sitting in there. And and I came in with my rings and I I was saying to the jeweler, I don't even know what would happen, how these rings could possibly bend like this, because I can't even push them with my fingers and get them to to crunch like that. And she said, very matter of factly, you're being abducted by aliens. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I got a kick out of that. It's like, damn. (laughs) Yeah, like, okay, well, that's nice, I guess.
0: I mean, um, five stars, you know, on Yelp Review, because they're honest, they're deep, they're intuitive. They've clearly been hiring mm-hmm. empaths, which is really cool. So I would return yeah. my business to that establishment for sure, just based on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he was dumb. He was flummoxed. He had no, nothing to offer. So I, I took her explanation as probably being the right one to take.
0: <laughs> you know, and it's interesting that you say that. So I just had a couple of questions about this. I just want to dig a little bit deeper into it. So you said this was about how many rings would you say total over this period of time?
1: About five.
0: About five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. what was the stretch of time? About five to ten years, you said? About,
1: yeah, about five years. Five, A little little more than five years.
0: Was the Dory yeah. inherited by a family member or was it all bought by you or were they at different levels of acquisition? Like, did you come around about them in different ways?
1: They were actually all pretty much inherited, um, except for one, which I had bought myself in Tijuana, Mexico. And that was the one that was crushed on my finger so hard. I had to go to the jeweler.
0: What did the damage only happen when you were wearing them?
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause I put on a normal ring and I had a normal ring on and went to bed with a normal ring on. And then I awakened with a ring that was all mangled.
0: And only these these specific five. Would you try this out with different rings, but then they wouldn't yeah. get crunched at all? I,
1: I have rings I've been wearing since that time and nothing's happened to them.
0: But only those specific rings.
1: Yeah. Well, it was fascinating. That, at that period of time in my life, I don't know if I would attribute this. Yeah, I think it would just, I would attribute this more to that time in my life because I was following that missing time um, experience. And at that time, I was also having very... Uh, disturbing dreams, repetitive dreams, which tie in, I think, to what was hap- what happened to me. Maybe, perhaps, when I missed, when I lost time, um, I'm just I'm just trying to speculate because I have no idea how to explain why that was happening to my rings at that time. And I'm glad now it no longer is happening. But I'm no longer having the strange dreams I was having at that time. So maybe there was a tie in there to the missing time and the dreams and the rings. Somehow they all went together in some way, which I'm not able to possibly speculate or conjecture
0: upon you are welcome to do that. That's like all we do here. That's the whole show. So how about this one? I'm going to speculate wildly right now. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So what if those rings that were inherited to you, because it seems pretty specific for those, they're kind of like beacons or you know signals that are sent out to this etheric plane in some way, whether it's paranormal or UFOs, because again, I'm, I'm not really 100% convinced that they're not the same thing. And so perhaps there's some sort of energy signature attached to those rings. Now, if you want to take it even further, so I will now, those rings were owned by By you in a past life where this also happened how cool would that be
1: wow yeah i I could i could imagine that sure i believe in reincarnation
0: feel free to speculate wildly we have a good time with it we will not hold you to you plant your flag on any degree we just have fun here with the ideas plus yeah i I think that's good oh i just like i love stories like yours so uh let me get out of your way and tell us about your missing time if you don't mind
1: oh, first of all, you're not in my way, Um, please jump in. And I I love hearing your suggestions and speculations because that's one of the reasons why I'm glad Pam reached out to you about me because I'm really here to learn. I don't know what happened. I can't explain what's happened to me. But when I talk to people like you who have, you know, understanding and experience in this this realm, perhaps you're showing, you're helping shed light on this for for my edification too.
0: I appreciate that.
1: I hope I'm helping other people who have maybe gone through the same kind of experience to make it more normalizing this kind of thing. Because I don't think this is too far afield. I'm sure this has happened to other people as well. Um, but you, you've asked about the missing time, and that I will talk about that. It happened in 1985, and I was um, up in Northern California near in an area near Mount Shasta, and. The town is called Fall River Mills, and it's a very small town. And it was around the time my daughter had had a brain tumor. She was five years old, and it, she very nearly died from it. It was a craniopharyngioma, a really serious brain tumor, but she, they were able to save her life. And I took a leave of absence, and my daughter was five at the time, and my son was three and a half. And I took my children up to my parents' ranch on the and the branches and Fall River Mills near Mount Shasta, and I thought this was a good opportunity for us just to heal because we'd gone through so much trauma with her brain tumor and almost losing her to this thing, and and we'd been through it. So I was able to get a nice leave of absence, and I thought this would be relaxing to be in this beautiful place on a river and and just all this acreage of open space around us just to heal and regroup. And. Um, I was up there by myself. I'd never been up there by myself before. My parents had actually taken a trip to Mexico, and they asked me to take care of their dogs. So it worked out well that they were going to be away, and I could be there to help dogs sit and watch the place. And it was in the summertime. And, um, well, there's a lot of, I could, I, there's a whole bunch of things that were starting to happen there by myself. I had some paranormal encounters, and a good friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends at the time, in fact, said she could take some time off from work and come up and visit me, because I was getting a little bit freaked out up there. I was by my, totally by myself, except for my kids, and um, I mean, there's some people working on the farm during the day, but there was no one up there, and I by myself, and it was a very, very remote place, so I was really glad to get some company and my friend, and she brought her two kids up, and they were 10, and six or something like that her two kids so and all our kids knew each other we were good friends we we lived in the same area in uh, san jose at the time and so um, so she came up and we had a we had a good visit and then the, the missing time part happened when she was going to return to san jose and she had taken a bus to reading Uh, because her car was in the shop or something and wasn't ready in time so she just decided to take the this express bus that ran from san jose to redding california and then i drove down picked her up in redding and drove her up to the farm in fall river mills so that worked out really well and she was at the farm for a period for a week and a half or two weeks maybe and uh the day came for me to drive her home down to redding so she could go home and it was in the summertime in 1985 um, I had an older car at the time it was an old old Mercedes diesel, which was really uh, the kind of car that overheated all the time. It wasn't the it wasn't running very well. It was an old car. And
0: I had a buddy just, that had one and that was it was notorious for that. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. you know that. <laughs> and and the drive down to Redding is a, is a mountainous road. It's a very small road. 299 is a highway. And in fact, it goes by SETI, Northern California SETI. The search for um, extraterrestrial
0: TV. intelligence.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. the road goes right by. In fact, I'm very close to it. So we were we gave ourselves a, a lot of time. We said, OK, we have to be careful because we're we're thinking overheating car, perhaps the getting stuck behind a big hay truck, which can you can't pass. Sometimes it's just my car didn't have enough speed to get around a slower vehicle. So we just planned we'd follow this thing all the way down the hill if we had to. Uh, so taking into account all these things. We gave ourselves like an extra two hours practically to get down the mountain to the the Greyhound bus station because she had tickets for this bus that left one time a day. The express was just a one time a day bus. So we were driving down and everything was fine. There was no problem with traffic or anything. The car was not overheating. Everything was going along just as we could hope it would. And we, we, I just looked at the clock in my car. It said 12 o'clock, something right around high noon. And we were just congratulating ourselves on how we were making good time, and she would actually get to the bus way ahead of time unless we had a problem um, after this this uh, time check. So we um, we were just, just saying, well, we're making good time. And all of a sudden, uh, I opened my eyes as if they were closed. I opened them, and it was late. The, the day had changed. So and that, by that, I mean... The shadows were across the road, like the sun is setting. There were long shadows. It was darker. It was late afternoon. And we were floored. We were just we all saw it. Like what what just happened? The days the days late.
0: Did you notice any craft or anything in the area or anything else weird that was happening?
1: You know, I've thought about that, um, Brandon, because a lot of people have asked me that if we saw anything strange and around us or over in the sky or anything. And I I don't recall anything like that. I don't recall having seen anything.
0: Did you guys have any strange encounters in the one to two weeks that she stayed with you guys up at Mount Shasta?
1: Yeah, we did have some um, strange encounters and I had some very strange encounters prior to her coming up In fact, One of the reasons I was really hoping she could come up because that was the time I was, I had something sit down next to me on the bed.
0: Had she ever had anything like this happen before in her life at all? No. And you had neither before? To,
1: not to either one of us. No. No. Was-
0: That's what's interesting. It's almost like, again, that the place has a residue, or it's like whenever you you know, traipse through that area, it like sticks to your shoes a little bit and it can, they can find you. You know, it's, it's almost like this metaphor of like, once you're there, it's there. Once people, um, and even we were talking about this, uh, at, with Kathleen Martin, that once a UFO showed up at her grandparents' place, there started to be paranormal activity in her parents' house across the street. It affects the area and therefore it affects all that embark in the area and then move on. I, I've got a question about, uh, the transition for you, consciously from earlier in the day to where you said that you blinked and then it was later. I know the first thing you noticed was um, the shadows but there was was there a sensation of like temperature dropped real quick I know that that transition felt like a blink in time but I'm curious also if your eyes took a minute to focus like you had had them closed for a while or if it was just like a blink and now all of a sudden everything changed but it didn't affect your vision in a way you had to like struggle like you were waking up.
1: trying to think about the question I think I think for me it was it was sort of like a blink but my friend said she felt like her eyes were closed and we were going around a corner of the road and she opened her eyes as we were going into this curve so she had a sense of having her eyes been closed before opening them and being aware that the day had changed
0: and you were in motion when you realized that you that time was different
1: Yeah, we were driving. I was still driving. And as far as I could tell, I was in the same place in the road as I was when we lost, when we blacked out or whatever you want to call it.
0: The same place. So you lost an hour, but you didn't travel an hour's worth of time.
1: We were actually, we lost several hours.
0: I mean, relevant. I
1: lost four hours, maybe four or five hours because it had gone from being high noon to being late afternoon. So we we speculated probably five hours, four hours, five at the most.
0: But you didn't travel anywhere.
1: We didn't travel, no, yeah. because it took us just as long from that point to get to the bus stop as it had when when we, when we lost time, when we were last aware of what we were doing.
0: Damn. Have I uh, had after that, uh, had your friend who was there had any other type of experience after this? Anything phenomenal? Yeah. That she told you
1: she, she was really actually very freaked out about this and did not like um, actually did not want to even talk about this. And she won't she won't be interviewed for this she told me she won't she won't um perpetuate what happened to her yeah and that's okay she did have a, a really weird experience she got when she got home she lived in this apartment complex and she kept her car in a small um like a carport thing that went with the apartment complex it was a single car carport and she said that one night not or one morning not too far after this this happened to us she went to her car in the morning to go to work and it was completely turned around and she didn't feel there was enough room in the carport for people to get in there and pick up the car and actually turn it around as a joke or something like that. And she didn't know anyone who would do that to her.
0: Damn. So her car was just backwards from the way that she parked it. Could it be, a? let's just say, could it be a misremembering of that? She just forgot the way that the direction that she parked it.
1: I, I don't think so. Cause she always, she said, I always pull into the carport. I just pull right in uh, rather than backing in which you could do one would do maybe but she said she never backed in but the car was turned around and and then, and then it she
0: ma- told- Oh no please go ahead
1: oh she didn't feel um I mean, she said there's no one that she knew that would have done that as a joke she felt this was something that was related to our missing time
0: yeah it's very personal it's like a calling card it's like hey you know remember us and then uh, of course it's something of a physical degree that seems ridiculous that yes of course oh. we can rule out people and all that good stuff
1: I, I think it is a
0: calling card like hey we were here yeah <laughs> that's what like it a, seems like
1: mm-hmm. had, Yeah.
0: had she had anything other than that happen
1: um you know, I don't, I can't recall right now. I don't, I don't think so.
0: And, and even you said, you know, not to, not to knock on her because it's a very, it's, it's a very challenging thing to want to talk about. And I understand that for some people that they, they just don't want to talk about it. So it's no shots on her because mm-hmm. if that's what she told you about, and it's really, really cool, she might not be telling you about things, which is again, uh, totally understandable. Uh She might not be forthcoming with some really, really bizarre things, but I like, I like, people like you, cause you're, you're reporting it. Honestly, you also have had amazing experiences and you're willing to question, you know, what's going on with it. You don't, you know, necessarily uh, have to have the idea in mind that you have now be the answer for you. You're open to explore different options, which is. Yeah. Great.
1: I I have no answers at all. Um, the only, I have to get back to her for a minute though. Um, we were at a party one time and it was a friend of ours birthday party and we were sitting at a table and she said to some people sitting near us, just out of the blue, she said, Claudia and I lost time. And they're like, what are you talking about? She goes, we were on a car trip and we lost time. We lost hours. And they said, well, yeah, time flies when you're having a good time. (laughs) And and, and she said, no, it's not like that. We lost time. We blinked and was late. And they didn't, no one knew what to say to that. Like, all right, well, that was, uh, that's interesting.
0: Good for you, (laughs) you know? It's crazy, and then and then also to think like that, and that's why I'm so curious because I know a little bit of what we're going to talk about here in a minute with your personal stuff. But I'm also interested that she also stepped in the goop that is the area of Mount Shasta with all of this energy, and you hear a variety of different energies. Uh, it's not necessarily all love and light and sound harmonics and stuff. Some of it is very powerful, but it also I think kind of resonates with your personal energy. You know, that's what you kind of. M- Bring to you, right? That's what's attracted to you. So, um, but have any of the children? And then we'll move on from this. So have any of the children uh, had any experiences after that? Because all of them would be adults now if that was back in eighty. Yeah.
1: Right? Well, well, two of the children remembered losing time. Her her son, who was ten, uh, was was able to recall that we'd lost time. And my daughter, who um, the one who had had the brain tumor, also remembered remembered us talking about it and also remembered that the day changed Mm. really quickly, just in a blink of an eye. She was, she remembered that and her son remembered that now later on, I would ask him if he remembered anything from that, Did he, did he have any experience that he could recall? And then he said something about having a bad dream about insects
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and big insects. And I said, well, what did they look like? And he kind of described what'd be like a praying mantis type of thing. Yes, he did. So I don't know what to make of that. I don't, I don't feel like we were abducted by the praying mantis um, extraterrestrials, but if we were, then we were, Uh, they they certainly put a good good memory screen on me because I don't have any recollection of anything like that, but whatever they, whatever happened to us, I don't, I didn't end up with PTSD, I don't think. I might have had PTSD of some on some level that I wasn't aware of. But um anyway, that was his recollection.
0: And uh yeah, because you do hear that it's kind of a lot of them are in cahoots if you go on the on some of the narratives that we hear. Now a lot of times you hear um in some in a wide variety of the cases that it's all one entity or one type of entity that's abducting you usually the little grays are kind of automatons or little helpers so they're usually like a base model for everybody every like the pleiadians have some and the you know reptilians have some and the uh Arcturians oh, wow. and all that it's pretty cool it's like a little um i don't know like a little buddy like a little doll that walks around and just does stuff for you it's pretty cool yeah uh, but- i often
1: wondered if they weren't like that
0: I mean, you just hear a variety of reports now, just forthcoming. I'm not an experiencer. I'm just fascinated by this. So, um, I but I haven't personally had that experience yet, or I've had it and, and they won't let me remember, which is something I wanted to ask you. So it's interesting that the child at that time, so you said that the age ranges were about five to 10 and that yeah. he, you know, in there, was he one of the older, or one of the younger ones, one of the ones closer to?
1: It was actually three and a half to 10. My son was three and a half. He was the oldest of the chil- children
0: okay so it's it's just interesting that he can remember or at least have it drip fed a little bit into a dream that something extra happened and he associates it with the missing time which is intuitively something that he did which mainly which probably means that there's something to that right that he remembered it it made an impact and he links the two emotions to that one event so uh but you don't but you're not that okay with remembering that you know this is what speaks to it it's it's like sometimes If it happens to everyone, they only let the people remember that are either going to be okay with it or going to benefit from it. You may have still been abducted for whatever reason, you know, maybe nefarious, maybe not. Uh, But you may not have remembered it because it doesn't serve any value to you. The ones that scare the crap out of people, they could probably shift a couple of things, you know, quit drinking so much or something like that. Usually, you know, it's associated with things that they come back and they want to be better. The ones that have pleasant experiences just reinforce the fact that it's a pleasant experience. So it's kind of like you get what you want. And then so if you don't remember, which maybe if I am or you are as well, then it might be the case that uh, you just it doesn't serve you to remember. And your curiosity is enough uh, of a motivator to keep you looking into it, but not be either scared or confirmed that it happened. Possibly.
1: Right. Right. And I and I did have some dreams that started as i said i was dreaming the same dream i might have mentioned um, for about five years the dream kept morphing and the dream was i think the dream could have some um, in some way i think i think the dream came out of my having lost time something that happened to me during the time and basically i'll tell you what the dream was the dream was i was i was um in fact this is really important to mention on this this um during this interview because it was around a month after the lost time episode when i was staying with my parents in san diego here where i live now and i was staying in their house with my kids and i was having this nightmare which i still remember vividly to this day and in the nightmare um i was so terrified i woke up the whole house screaming and screaming i've never done that had never done that before or since that dream, because it was so real. I was about to be killed. And in the dream, I was in a strange place. I couldn't describe to you exactly what it was, except I was in a like a holding cell, a a white cell, white wall, solid. And I was standing up. It was a cubicle that I was standing in. And over my head was a little window in the wall up by the ceiling. And I could look out, look up and see a blue sky. And in my dream, I didn't see anyone. I didn't hear anyone, but I knew I was waiting to be killed. I was going to be um, executed. And, And that was the dream. I was just waiting to be killed and I was just terrified. So I woke up the whole house screaming after having this dream. And then I would have that same dream for years, but the dream would morph over time so that I was now about to be killed then i got killed and then i became a different person so i was myself but i wasn't myself
0: it like it's like it preps you you know it's like you get little a little droplet from the spirit world or something to tell you hey this is how it works here you know and that it's all going to be okay cuz death is not the end of it it's just a transition
1: yeah and i came out the other side fine i thought okay now i'm dead i'm new i'm different i was like I'm, i was myself but i was not myself it's hard to describe, but, and then I thought, well, that, well, this wasn't so bad.
0: <laughs> it's why, has anybody in your family ever had anything like this happen to them that they've told you about? No. Okay. Was your dad the military?
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Where, where was he stationed? I'm just curious.
1: He was stationed in England for world war two, Tibbenham. He was, uh, in the Navy, of uh, air force, <laughs>
0: air force it's just interesting uh, the paranormal phenomena and induction phenomena seems to gravitate uh, in a lot of uh, examples way more than can be ignored which is why i ask uh, in in folks that have had military families it's very interesting like you are kind of monitored and i think even Pam and I were talking about this how you're kind of monitored uh you know to see uh, how maybe something that you were exposed to turns out or it's kind of like When your parents sign up for the military, they sign their family up to be a part of this whole thing as well. You know, it's kind of one of those things. And I think maybe they go for military families just because of the secretive nature of something like military anyway. If you go high enough up or the question gets high enough, it gets swept away. No questions asked, you know. So it's Mm -hmm. just kind of interesting the correlation between the two. It definitely seems paranormal or extrasensory to some to some degree, but it, it seems like there's like a technological element to some of this stuff. Did you get any sense that there was anything having to do with a human entity in any of this present in, in anything that you felt?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So even with the extra sensory stuff going on, you felt like that the human, a human was involved in that process.
1: Oh, you mean during my dream? I'm not sure I understand the, the, I didn't have extra sensory. I just had, this was a recurring dream. I, I don't actually, I have to change my answer. I don't recall any having any sense of any humans being around at all.
0: Okay, it's fine. It's just like I said, uh, sometimes when people have these kinds of experiences, they can be associated and tricked back to uh, something that happens with military type of folks. You hear of some reports of folks will go on UFOs and there's human beings that are speaking German. And then you'll go, uh, and then there's humans hanging out with reptilians and they're doing something in an operating table. But the human component to it, those I think, or I've heard, have a lot to do with stuff that we have. It's our technology. It's not necessarily extra, but it's definitely extra because we're in cahoots right it's all it's definitely being hidden from you it's kind of the feeling that i get i don't know how you feel about all that yeah
1: I, I i'm i'm open to that
0: you think they know what's going on they're just they're not saying it
1: i i have to think about that my dad would talk about uh, paranormal things that had happened to him um i never told him about my missing time experience because i, I thought he might have just dismissed it as my you know a fluke of my memory or something like that but when he was stationed in england he would say that he would tell me about some ghost stories of things he had experienced he called them ghost stories and one was called the haunted beat shack uh, story because he he was a radio operator and and he was stationed in a beat field in a shack and he said there was all sorts of stuff happening around that beach shack when he was in there on his his uh shift
0: like just stuff going around
1: Yes. Yeah, and he said strange lights sometimes, footsteps, and there would be nobody there. Um, he he said it was just. It, I wish I could ask him now. He passed away, um, but of course. But I I think if I had asked him more detailed questions, he might have he might have had more things because he did talk about the haunted beat field all the time, and he and also when I was a kid, he talked about um, that there are other life forms on other planets. He said other in outer space. There's other species um, living, living in outer space. And then he was very certain, um, but he never had any examples or any you know, things to share as far as his personal experiences. But that's what he would, he imbued us with a sense that we're not alone and in the universe.
0: See, that makes me think even more that he knew something or that what his job is in the the military was a little bit more. It was a little bit extra because his certainty, but without experience, or maybe he'd had an abduction or some sort of uh, contact, but it didn't Mm -hmm. say anything about it. But it's interesting also, though, his stoicism, it seems whenever you report the story back, you can just tell the sense of certainty of a man that knows for sure, either because he's experienced it or because he knows some knowledge that he may have been privy to in the military.
1: Hmm. yeah it's very possible
0: it is so uh tell me about some of your uh, paranormal experiences
1: uh well okay I, I um uh, I've got two things I could talk about I don't know how much time you have on your show, but I don't want to take up your time but got when all, I was
0: all the time in the world please
1: okay okay um the same summer when I was up at the, my parents farm i I want to tell you this story because it's it's so beyond anything um. I can't even imagine it happened to me but it's a true story i was i was up at the farm by myself again like I said it was a very big place and um I put my kids to bed and i what we didn't know at this time i wasn't i was not aware of this at the time this this land that my parents' house was on was a cemetery yeah <laughs> and so i I wasn't aware i don't know if they knew that yet and they didn't want to tell us but at this point in time, people had experienced some pretty bizarre things up there. People were talking about how they saw, for example, my mo- my brother-in-law was camping out in his camper on the property. This is before they had any very many buildings up there. And he saw, he heard the grasses moving like somebody was coming out to his camper. And he was thinking it was my sister who they were engaged at the time. And he thought she was coming out to, to visit with him in his camper. It was not her, but she, he saw the grass moving as if somebody was walking through the grass their footsteps the grass was parting as it walked up to his camper the footsteps stopped so he was looking at this invisible being which was looking at him and then they they walked on
0: Bam. Uh, so <laughs>
1: uh, it's, yeah
0: it's just so crazy and he was
1: a real he's a real macho man so i mean he's not going to be shaking and crying but he said You know, when he told the story, he said, I can't believe it. This happened. And, you know, he would never admit to something like that because he was very, he's very matter of fact, very serious.
0: Yeah. It's like the predator suit, right? To where it turns like it's invisible, but you can tell something's there, right? And you can make out once you pick the features out. Damn, that's crazy. He
1: said that was those grasses were moving. That was there. It was, it was invisible to his eye, but there was something there. Very tangible.
0: Which, again, senses to either it's uh, paranormal or it's a technology because you hear that cloaking technology is like a thing, you know, they can do this. It's that's that's wild. I mean, neither have been ruled out so far, but it's still fantastic, please.
1: And the cloaking technology may play into what I'm going to tell you next, because and there are a lot of other things I could tell you. But but again, they're just just experiential other people's experiences. But my personal experience was up there. The one of the scariest, one of the worst things ever happened to me was. I was up there at that same time, as I said, and I was uh, awakened. Uh, my kids and I were sleeping in the same room because it was scary up there. So I had them in the same room with me and I woke up around 11 o'clock in the evening or maybe a little later. And I had this total sense of utter terror, just utter terror. And I, I sensed something coming toward me, coming down the hallway to my bedroom. It was palpable and I couldn't hear anything, but I knew something really scary was coming toward me. I got up and turned on the light in the bathroom just to calm myself down and regroup like, well, what, maybe I had a dream. I don't know what's going on. But um,
0: And you turned the light in the bathroom on because you didn't want to wake the kids up that were sleeping in bed with you. That's yeah, crazy. I, I,
1: they were on, well, they were actually in another, yeah, they were on the floor in the other room on, on cots. So I turn on the bathroom light just to calm myself down and and re- like calm and just think okay what this was a dream maybe or whatever. So I'm, I'm sitting there and the, all the electricity goes off, and I I can say the electricity went off because there was no hum. You know how that you can hear that hum. Yep, yep. So it wasn't just the light turning off in the bathroom; it was pitch black. And then the lights came on. So okay, good. There's a a blip in the electrical field or whatever. Just as they came back on, something so heavy sat down on the bed next to me that I ended up like lurching toward it.
0: Oh.
1: Ugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it was horrifying. And after that happened to me, I could not move. I was completely frozen and I wanted to run like hell to get my kids and get the hell out of there. And I, I was paralyzed and I it felt like seconds went by before I could move. It probably wasn't that long, but at the time it seemed to take forever before I could get my sense of motion back. So I, luckily, I, I always had a scary, I always felt scared up there. So I left my dad's truck right outside the front door with the keys in the ignition, just in the off chance I would need it. And sure enough, this was the night. So I grabbed my little kids, bundled them up, put them in the front seat, hopped in the truck, drove to town, to get a motel room, and it just so happened that was a night when there was a a big group was moving through town, and all the hotels were filled up. It was a rodeo or some some um, big you know big group going through town, and I couldn't get a motel room. There was nothing available, and I knew my. I said I can't go back to the house. I can't go back to what's in that house. So I, I decided to go. I knew about this restaurant. A bar kind of a small honky-tonk little place. It was across the river from my parents' house, but uh, that was the only thing that was across the river. The rest of it was all acreage, and they were only open on like Saturday nights. So this was a Saturday night that they were open, and they sometimes they had live music. Most of the time they just had a jukebox in there and a and very active bar um, bar in there for people to come in and have drinks and visit with people. So I thought, well, maybe they have a place where I can stay because I I was just going to try anything I could. I didn't know anyone to go to say, can I stay at your house? I didn't know anyone there to ask. So I thought, well, maybe they can let me rent a room there or something because they had cabins there that used to be rented out at one time. Um, And I didn't know if they were still available or not. So I took my chances, went over there, got there. I was happy to see them, hear the music, the jukebox was playing, the door was open. This was in the summertime. It was a warm night. Um, there were some cars in the parking lot. I felt better already. Like, okay, good. I'm with civilization yeah, again. Yeah. I'll get help here. I don't have to go back to the farm. So I walk into the bar and this is going to sound really out there. Um, but there were, there was the feeling of people all around me, but I could not see them. Um, there was food on the table. There was lighted cigarettes in the ashtrays at the time you could smoke in restaurants in 85 and, and the jukebox was playing. There were drinks on the bar. There was everything in there, but people, at least if they were there, I was not able to see them and they maybe they weren't able to see me, but I was calling, calling, walking through the whole place. I went all the way back into the kitchen area. I went where all the empl- any employee, only employees are allowed. I, I just went anywhere. I had to go to find somebody, anybody, and there was no one there. Then I went around to the main office uh, when it was a hotel, hotel office, and nobody was there. I knocked on bathroom doors. Nobody was in bathrooms. So I, after calling and looking and looking and calling and not getting anywhere, I had to get back in the truck and drive to the farm. It was either that or sleep in the truck.
0: Yeah, uh, so let's let's hit the uh, bar real quick. So, uh, did you hear any voices of anyone over the jukebox, or just the jukebox playing uh, residue of human activity? But no, you couldn't use any of your senses to detect any other human activity, like footsteps or voices or anything.
1: Nothing. I I heard the jukebox playing. I was in actually. I'll tell you something. I'll back up a little bit. When I was sitting in the truck when I first pulled into the parking lot, it was a dirt parking lot. It was a, and it was very dusty because the summertime hadn't rained. When I was sitting there in the truck, something rose up in front of the headlights of the truck and was morphing into some sort of a, a, a human-looking shape, very, very large. In the it dust? Was, that... In the dust. It was rising in the dust, but it was taking on this shape of, of almost like a race, you know, like a, a ghost-like person with arms, and was rising up high. So I attributed that to the dust uh, in the in the headlights, but dust doesn't get that. Sh- it, it was taking on a real definite shape.
0: Yeah. More, more than like just seeing a puppy in a cloud or something. It was really yeah, there. It was, yeah. it was,
1: it was actually morphing and, and uh, like twisting into the sort of a, like a safe a head, sort of head, shoulders, arms. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to just ignore what it.
0: Do you remember ahead. a face on it? I, I it
1: looked like a head sort of, a, a, I didn't look too closely, but it looked like there was a head. It was, it was morphing into something and I just got out of the truck and I thought, I don't know what's going on with this dust, but I want to go in there now and find out about a cabin.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you, you couldn't see, like, there were no windows on the bar. You couldn't see anyone inside. Like, yeah, from I could the, look
1: inside. The, the door was open to the bar so I could look in, I could see inside the bar from the truck. I could hear the music, but I couldn't see any people. But, I thought they could be in there. Maybe there's a table around the corner. I can't see from my vantage point because it was a small door. It was it wasn't a big door that was open to the outside.
0: Just wild that with the spirit. So, what happened when you went back to the farm?
1: I, I was so frightened. Um, I just prayed for protection. I prayed. I prayed to God to put a crystal dome. I just pictured a crystal dome being placed over my kids and me. And I don't know where I got that idea, but I just, it came to me that I needed to picture this hard crystal dome that nothing could penetrate. And I, I had to just put on my face that I would be protected.
0: It's like an energy. They say this in energy protection that you visualize a bubble around you. So, you know, a bubble on the ground would represent, be represented by a dome, like cut in half, right? Uh, this is, that's interesting. So you form a physical barrier based on your, your emotions and your yeah. intent.
1: And I had never done that before, but it occurred to me at that point in time, I need to have a crystal dome over me. So we're really going to, anything that comes down is going to bounce right off of it. Yeah. It was I, a good image. It was an image I needed.
0: And it was great sound effects on your end too. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but it, it did no, like I, something I, was bouncing off crystal. Nice job. Look at you. You're showing all the way through.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've got all these sound effects in the background. I've got thunder next.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely sticking around for that one then. Uh, we'll give, give me another ghost story. Cause you've gotten crazy ghost stories. So tell me, tell me something else.
1: Um, well, getting back to this ties in kind of to the uh, to this missing time. Um, and I've, I've actually, Pam knows this story too. And I and she said, this is probably another, um, if I was abducted, this sounds like another abduction story. So do you, I don't know if you want to hear this or not. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a ghost story, but. Um,
0: Again, not sure they're separate. Any any UFO or ghost story you tell me, it's it's probably okay. going to be that. And I want to ask you what ghosts are here in a minute, because I heard a really cool theory. I want to see what you think about it. But go ahead.
1: Okay um well when i was really young i I think i was around 20 20 years old 1920 or so i was living in my parents house in balboa california which is near newport beach we had a house on their house was on the beach and I, i was always um waking myself up trying to open up this frozen window in this i was in a really it was a really old house and this window behind my bed was frozen shut had been painted over i guess and it was in the summertime and I always awakened myself trying to get this window open. And I, I think, why am I doing this in my sleep? So then even the daytime, I try to open the window. And to, so I wasn't waking myself opening this window, but I couldn't do it. So um this one night I did, I awakened myself, kneeling, kneeling on my bed. I did get the window open. And my room was filled. The bedroom was filled with this iridescent blue light. The whole room was filled with this beautiful light. And it, it's, and I was on my knees looking, looking around and the light coalesced. It moved across the ceilings of the room over to one wall across from me. And it was this beautiful light. It was, it almost seemed to have a life of its own. And, and later on, um, Pam said, it sounded like a plot plasma, plasma wall that she had seen.
0: Yeah. Plasma um, wall. Somewhere. That's cool.
1: Plasma wall. Yeah. And, and of course, at that time, I, I mean, I didn't know this until recently that, this was a thing that maybe I was looking at. So this, anyway, this beautiful blue light was moving down the wall very, very slowly. And was, it was shaping over. I had a cuckoo clock. I went over the cuckoo clock. I could see the cuckoo clock bulging out from behind this light and
0: That's crazy.
1: It moved across the floor, up the wall and out the window that I had opened.
0: <laughs> it's like, thank you. We've been you know waiting for that. <laughs> That's crazy. <Yeah. laughs>
1: I'm God. glad I could help them out and have go, okay guys, good trip. Yeah,
0: Um, and you think about it, if it was painted shut or something, then you think of, uh, you know, chests that are intentionally sealed, like if there's a protection on the door or something, and it can't get out of the room physically. And then uh, that window is the only way it can get out and it's painted shut, you know, but then you open it and they're like, thank you. And then they're out, you know, that's, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was weird. Um, As far as ghosts, uh, getting back to ghosts, but back to the farm. My one of my first experiences up there was when I was I was up there before I was married, and I was around 20, 21, 22. So it was a quiet summer night, and it was full moon. I had no no concerns about anything, and I went out to the airstream trailer with with my baby and got her down. And I was sleeping in the forward berth, and she was in there, and and I was doing some writing and. I don't know what time of night it was probably around 11 o'clock or 12 and there was a full moon it was a quiet quiet night there was no wind nothing stirring and all of a sudden um the the air in the airstream trailer sort of felt charged um i don't know how to describe it it just took on sort of a staticky feeling and and then i i was trying to figure out what what that thing, what was happening to the air, because it seems so strange. I, I thought well, maybe there's a wind coming up or something like that. And I I breathed, for some reason, I, w- I breathed out and went whoosh, like that. And I made, and I heard this owl sound.
0: From An owl your sound. Vocals? It sound
1: It came, it came from, seemed to come from me.
0: Damn, that's cool. And I, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. awesome.
1: And I, I know, and I thought, like, how did I do that? Because I was just blowing out air. I, it, I didn't vocalize, but it happened again. And I was just sitting there trying to figure out what is going on. And then the door to the trailer burst in. Now that door usually opens out, but it burst. It opened in like somebody had kicked it. Yeah. It, it, it came yeah, flung in so hinges. hard. Yeah. It, it burst in and it popped out. And I thought, okay, um, maybe my brother did that for a joke. There, there was no one out there. I, I peeked my head out. There was no one around. So I, I was trying to get myself calmed down. I thought, I shut the door. I thought, okay, this is a freak thing that happened, but, and as I said, the air was still kind of electric, electrically charged in some way. And over my head, over high over my head, maybe seven, six, seven feet up in the air, I heard the clearest voice talking to me. And it was in a Native American dialect. It was a man's voice. He sounded like a young man And he said a full sentence, which I, of course, I had no idea what he was saying, but it was as clear as if he was in the room with me. But I wrote, I was, since I was writing, I was journaling. After this all happened, I went into the main house and I was sleeping on the floor in there with my kids because I wasn't going to stay in the Airstream after this. And I described his voice, how young he sounded like a young man. Young Native American man, and his voice was very pleasant. It was actually a nice sounding voice, like a greeting, um, not menacing or anything like that at all. Just it sounded like, "Hey, how are you doing? Nice to meet you." You know,
0: that sucks. He didn't speak Navajo. He was probably just trying to tell you, "Hey, everything's okay." But if, but because of the language barrier, uh, it was a little jaunting. So maybe if it was communicated in a way you could have understood, maybe it'd be a little more nice. Because it was like. He was great on the delivery, right? It was just a little jarring yeah. how he did the delivery, you know?
1: Yeah, the, the, the introduction was a little, I could have done without that.
0: Right. yeah,
1: But when I heard the voice, I was, once again, I was frozen. I had that feeling of being completely immobilized, which, and it seems like when you're in that state, it takes what seems like minutes are rolling by, but it's actually probably just a few seconds that you can't get yourself to move.
0: Yeah, it's that paralysis. It's a it's a very interesting uh, thing that happens with that. And you you hear a lot of the sleep paralysis with these entities and beds, and they're always associated with, you know, creeping over the front of the bed. They're creepy as hell, right? And and so it's interesting that maybe that's something that you encountered as well. Now, when that large object sat on the bed next to you, right when your power came back on, uh, did it sit down? And so you rolled that way? Or was it already sitting there? And then you sat down and rolled that way?
1: No, it sat down next to me because I was sitting up. Um, I was sitting up and and then when the power came on, the bed depressed. Whatever sat down next to me sat down at that time once the lights came on.
0: Yeah, like plops. And then you get this sense of paralysis. So do you think that the paralysis was um, a trick of your own mind for being terrified and it's that fight or flight thing? Or do you think it was induced by the entity, whatever that was?
1: I, I think it could have been... Um, Induce because I never had that happen to me before, but I've never been that frightened um, where I could not move. And that, those are the two times in my life when I could not move at all. Yeah, that's the question,
0: right? You're not usually that scared. And so it's like, who's to say, Rather it was like a playing possum type thing, which they don't do on purpose. I don't know if you knew, you probably knew that. Uh, possums don't play possum. They pass out because they're scared as hell, like the monatomic goats, right? And that seems like uh, kind of uh, what's associated with it. So it's kind of, it's hard to to quantify because you, you've never been that scared, but also it could be a technology so that you, I don't know who would be a good test subject for that. Like that, who could ride that out and be like, nope, it's technology. Don't worry about it. I, I, it was no big deal. It's just interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I saw, I've seen a show one time. I don't, I don't know. What show I watched one time, but they were actually talking about the paralysis that can happen to people when they've, when they're, have had an extraordinary encounter or experience. And um, it was speculated Um, In the show, I think we speculated that that's actually the entity taking your energy, draining your energy, using your energy to manifest somehow, maybe. I don't know if there's anything to that or not, but that's just what uh, one theory has been posited about that. I
0: I like the theories, and that is one as well. Um, It. It seems like, yeah, that probably it, maybe it's just like an energy harvesting kind of a thing, or they're interacting with you on this level, or uh, I've been playing a lot with the idea of like a daemon, or like this entity that is attached to you at birth, and it's there to kind of give you obstacles to overcome, it's kind of your shadow side, right? But it's part of you, so it's the yin-yang, it's it's part of you, it's the dark and the light, but you, you have to learn how to deal with it and harness it and be one with it, right? And so if there's an astral or, you know, a higher version of you, maybe this is your daemon, you know, and maybe it's just here to challenge you in certain ways, it's, it's not necessarily Really bad it's part of you but it serves you in the way of showing you the opposite thing to do that's best for you to really serve your purpose here in my in uh-huh. my understanding
1: interesting yeah
0: perhaps because it seems to be like attached to people you know it seems to be like this this thing uh, that that's there that's supposed to scare the hell out of you you know it's supposed to kind of you know if you get too comfortable or something it's like ah i remember i'm here uh, well I uh, think that we're probably going to wrap it up here soon. It's been just a delight talking to you. Um, I thank you, Brandon. <laughs> I'm I'm curious to know. Um, so what do you, what do you have going on next? Because Pam uh, said that she might be coming to give you a visit soon up at the mountain.
1: Yeah, um, we're we're hoping to um get together and do um, an investigation. Pam, Pam, of course, she's she's um really advanced in her her professionalism and and doing. Um, her investigations on uh, both et and and ghost investigations too so i'm i'm looking forward to being her sidekick and seeing how that works out and seeing what she does and what what uh comes along
0: and she's a sweetheart like you to boot so i can't wait to you know What I find adorable is ladies like yourself uh, and Pam sitting around having coffee in the morning, talking about extra dimensional beings and rips in time and and all of that, that that like warms my heart. I love that. Uh, And, you know, uh, no promises, but we might my wife and I might come join you for that. We haven't you know, uh, we might invite ourselves to come out there and help you with that investigation.
1: Wow, that would be wonderful. Yeah, be honored.
0: Well, no, uh-huh. no promises. Things are crazy and always in flux, but I, I had talked to Pam about it and she gave me an invite. So we're going to possibly do that, but we'll talk about that another time for sure.
1: Oh, you Well, you won't be disappointed. Believe me, there's lots going on up there.
0: I won't be disappointed. I can just hug your neck in person. That'd be great. Oh. <laughs> Claudia <laughs> yeah, Page, thank <laughs> you so much uh, for your time. This was This was incredible. Thank you. You're welcome back any damn time you want. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: want to give a massive thanks to Claudia Page for spending some time with us on the show here. She has some fascinating stories. She's had just some incredible stuff that's happened to her. And uh, it just, you know, the plot thickens on this kind of stuff. When you look at it, really, it's it's pretty wild. So uh, check the show notes for ways to find her, guys. Uh, check the show notes as well for expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where links to all of the socials will be found. If you want to expand your experience with us here on the show via uh, Rockfin or tiktok or any of that kind of stuff it's all linked over there guys so go check that out um also this music that you're listening to uh the saint good friend of mine awesome music check the show notes for him as well Uh, he's already gotten his music picked up on some documentaries he's doing some cool stuff and he just is a really really great dude So go out into this beautiful place, whatever this is, guys, and y'all just uh, pick up a piece of litter. Be nice to everybody that you come across. Uh, Get out of that left-hand lane for sure. Buy a meal or a coffee in line behind you, uh, just anybody around. Uh, You can do it. I believe in you. It's a small thing, but it makes a massive difference. Uh, Also, while you're doing that, we've already said get out of the left-hand lane, but I'm saying it again because it's very important. Get out of the left-hand lane if someone's behind you and wanting to pass, okay? Uh, Above all and beyond anything else, though, guys. Go out into this beautiful place and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.